This is Dominique Kill coming from St. Mary Mercy Hospital as the Associate Program Director, and I'm here with one of our esteemed faculty, Dr. Michael Monticiolo. Yay! He's here to talk to us about two cases he had in the same night of aortic dissection. Welcome, Dr. Monticiolo. Tell us what happened. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, it was a particularly eventful evening. Um, I think that these two cases do a good job of exemplifying the variety in which aortic dissection can present and also make available some pretty good teaching points. So to start, this was a night shift and I was coming on and uh, taking over for the other team that had had a busy shift, but they had got these two patients in particular started already in the sense of a chest pain rule out for both of these cases. The first of which was a 65-year-old female who was otherwise pretty healthy other than a history of crack cocaine abuse, and she had presented with chest pain. All the labs as well as a chest x-ray had already been placed, and the majority of the labs had actually returned. Her initial EKG was reviewed by the previous ED team, and it was essentially normal. There were no ischemic changes. Chest x-ray was also normal, and she already had one troponin returned, which was normal. So I presented to the room to give the good news that we had had some results back and they were not abnormal. So the initial plan um, was to do a two-hour rule out and this patient may be someone who could go home with outpatient follow-up. However, when I entered the room, the patient looked in marked distress, was kind of writhing around on the bed and I began to talk to her and ask what was wrong, and she was clutching her abdomen, saying, my belly hurts, my belly hurts. And I said, ma'am, you know, I thought you were coming in for chest pain. She said, yeah, I was initially, but that went away, and now my stomach is killing me. And she wasn't the best historian, but she was answering questions appropriately, and she looked extremely uncomfortable. Her belly was soft. There was no appreciable tenderness. It was kind of a non-focal exam, but she was diaphoretic and in noticeable distress. So I walked out of the room and went and spoke with the nurse and said, hey, how long has this been going on? I thought she was coming in for chest pain. And the nurse said, yes, she was. And she was doing fine. And I said, okay, well, I think we may need to add on a few things. The first thing I was thinking is pain out of proportion. You know, is this some sort of like ischemic gut type thing? We added on a lactic. And the plan was to repeat the trope, repeat the EKG, and see how this lactic comes back and take it from there. Oh, we had also ordered her some pain medications. Then I walked two rooms down to go update the young gentleman. Uh, He was a 33-year-old male, otherwise completely healthy, who came in for upper chest pain and jaw pain. He also had labs and imaging ordered initially, all of which were normal, troponin included, chest x-ray, EKG, all of which were stone-cold normal. I walked into the room to find a pleasant gentleman with his fiance uh, sitting comfortably in bed, and he was happy to hear that the initial part of his workup had come back normal. He still had some upper chest, which he had almost by his throat discomfort, as well as some jaw pain. So I we discussed options for continued evaluation, and the plan in place was to repeat his troponins, and if everything came back normal, give him some outpatient follow-up. Were both patients' vital signs pretty unremarkable, or were they hypertensive, like severely hypertensive at all? The young gentleman was hypertensive in the 160 over 80 was the initial vitals, and the repeats at this point where he was there for about two hours were 
very similar, 170 over 90. The woman actually had pretty normal vital signs. She had heart rate in the 90s and a blood pressure of 140 over 80 or so. Um, and both of those were kind of unchanged to this point. So the woman's lactate came back in pretty quick order and it was marginally elevated at 3.2. So the decision was made to do a CTA. One, to look for ischemic bowel, and two, because it was a weird presentation. Everyone said, yeah, she came in complaining of chest pain, and now she has this migratory pain. It's it, it's in her abdomen, and she just didn't look well. So symptoms above and below the yeah, diaphragm. Ab- above and below the diaphragm. So we get the CTA on her, and I actually went with her to CT because she had not had any relief of her pain with some IV dilated. She just looked very uncomfortable. So we went to the CT scanner and we did a CTA chest, abdomen, and pelvis. On the first cut of the CTA, you could see a large type A dissection that was extending all the way from the root of the aorta all the way down the descending aorta to the common iliacs, which accounted for her discomfort. So the treatment at this point is to transfer her out because our shop does not have the capabilities of handling type A dissection, which is one involving the ascending aortic arch. So we begin the transfer process, which includes a life flight, also to manage her blood pressure and heart rate because our goal is to decrease the shearing forces. So that would be accomplished first by making sure her heart rate is well controlled with a goal of heart rate less than 60 or somewhere thereabouts and also keep her blood pressure as low as possible while still maintaining perfusion. So a systolic less than 100. The confounding factor for her is that she was a crack cocaine user who had used crack cocaine right before presenting. So in conjunction with the cardiothoracic surgeon, we actually chose to go with labetalol because we wanted to avoid beta blockers because then you will get a unopposed alpha effect and could actually paradoxically increase their blood pressure. But in conjunction with the cardiothoracic surgeon, we chose to go with labetalol, which is a non-selective beta blocker, which also has alpha activity. And that actually worked very, very nicely. So we got her heart rate down in the high 50s and her blood pressure right around 90 over 60 and got her out of there. And she actually did well. The note two days later stated that she she was unhappy with the food that was being provided to her, which is a good sign, I think, in the setting of that. While we were getting her transferred out, I went to go check on the gentleman who, when I walked in the room and he's still resting comfortably, I tell him his repeat troponin is normal. He actually, his blood pressure had had this interesting transient episode of hypotension. It was shortly after he had gotten some morphine, so whether that was the cause or not, but he was resting pretty comfortably in bed and I told him his repeat troponin was normal how's he feeling what is our plan and he's like you know what that's good I'm like and but I could see almost like tears in his eyes I was like is everything okay and he says yeah you know but this this is just tearing me up and he kind of put his hand over his throat up into his jaw and in the setting of this unexplained episode of hypotension this tearing jaw pain with chest pain we decided to cta him and we found a type a dissection in him as well and transferred him out and thankfully he did very well as well so i think these two cases provide several good teaching points as far as the diagnosis and treatment of this rare but very serious 
disease process. So the first is the historical features. As you can see, there's a, a wide variability of presenting complaints with aortic dissection, and it, it could be thought of as a disease process of and, chest pain and arm pain, chest pain and belly pain, chest pain and stroke symptoms. Because as the tear propagates, it doesn't always present with just your classical tearing chest pain, but it, it can be something as simple as jaw pain for in, in the instance of this young man, but he did have some chest pain and jaw pain. So getting a good story and having a high clinical suspicion for this type of disease process is super important. Some of the other features of the disease are the, what we always hear of is the classic tearing or ripping sensation, radiating to the back or extremity, but it's chest pain and, and also a uh, maximum discomfort at symptom onset. It has. It tends to have this decrescendo pattern, so it's maximal at onset. And the other things to look for are some of the historical features, like marfanoid appearance, um, family history, recent aortic instrumentation is a little bit more obvious one, but some of that kind of increases your risk for that. Also being on anticoagulation, those are all historical features to tease out in the history when you're evaluating a patient that you may think has an aortic dissection. The other thing is for treatment, our goal is to decrease the shearing forces, and that is accomplished by lowering the heart rate as well as decreasing afterload. The important points are that you want to lower the heart rate first so that you don't, by decreasing afterload, get a reflex tachycardia, which obviously is something we're trying to avoid in the setting of a tearing blood vessel. So some of the options for that are an esmolol, which is a very pure beta-1 antagonist, and then that to lower the heart rate, it's very titratable, and then you can add on afterload-reducing agents such as nitroprusside, nicardipine. Um, there's several other options, but the concept is to decrease their heart rate and then decrease their blood pressure with additional agents if needed. In this particular instance, um, if they are a cocaine user, which as a matter of fact, is a risk factor for aortic dissection. You do not want to give the patient beta blockers because they can have a unopposed alpha activity, in which case it can give them um, worsening hypertension. So in our case, we use labetalol, which is a beta blocker, but it also has some alpha activity. But um, other options would be to go to like a necardipine or something of the like. And also good pain management can help to stop the catecholamine surge. So uh, both of these patients were actually put on a fentanyl drip, and um, that can also help to lower the heart rate and blood pressure as a pain response. So. Have you ever tried a purely alpha antagonist like venaldepam? More recently, yes. I've only one time, and it with actually good success. I know they use it over at a um, shop near us and with good results. So I've only used it once, and... I was happy with the results, so I will likely be using it more in the future. Well, I think that concludes this episode for two extraordinary cases of aortic dissection that was managed, sounds like, very expediently and, uh, may I say, flawlessly by Dr. Monticiello. Yay! And um, I would like to thank you all for joining us this week, and we'll catch you later. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.